What's going on out there? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And as usual, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to chill out and have a conversation with your boy Greg on the Man Cave Huddle. Lots been going on. We got sports back, NBA back, a lot of NBA trades. But I really want to specifically focus on the Nets' big acquisition to form their new big three. And I want to give you my thoughts on the Super Bowl. First off, let's start off with the Nets. You know, by trading away um, the player that they did, they acquired the services of Mr. James Harden. At first, looking from the outside in, you had to believe, how's this going to work? All James Harden wants to do is just dribble, 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 step back, and then shoot a three in your face. Now, he does get triple doubles like it's nothing, but you were figuring between him... Durant, Kyrie, you can only play with one basketball at a time. These guys aren't going to be dribbling with three basketballs. So, I, 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 as you know, I, I said, let me watch these guys play for a little bit because they're probably going to go through a little adjustment period, suffer a couple L's, kind of like with the big three in Miami with Bosh, with LeBron, and uh, Dwayne Wade. And what I've been noticing is, James Harden has been extremely unselfish to the point where he's playing like he did in Houston, but just being unselfish. Durant, he's just being like the Mr. Eraser because Harden is playing like a true point guard, coming down, distributing the ball, making sure everybody gets the ball where they want, how they want. Durant is just Mr. Eraser. What do we need? Oh, we down by 18? Blah, blah. There's two threes. Oh, what do we need? A closer for this game, big shot, give me that. Uh, take that. And then Kyrie. You have Kyrie where now he's getting the opportunity to score all the points that he wants. He can score 100 points if he wants. You can see in the eyes of Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, they're thinking one thing, finals. And we want to win it. We're not trying to go just to say we got an invitation. We're going and we're winning. Because when you look at the stat line where Harden has a triple-double, Durant has maybe 28 points and 9 rebounds, 10 rebounds. Kyrie maybe has 36 points, you know, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, something like that. And these guys are hard to stop. Who do you double-team? Who do you sit there and say, oh, okay, I'm going to leave this guy to stop that guy? And one player that I think by hook or crook, even if he doesn't want to, he will be a great player and a factor in the NBA Finals, and that's Joe Harris. Now, you're going to sit there and say, what about Carlos Levert, Joe Harris? You know what? You're absolutely right in whatever you want to say about Joe Harris. But what I see with Joe Harris, every little mistake, every missed shot, every bad cut, every bad, why did you make that play? Kyrie's right on top of him, barking. Durant's right on top of him, barking. And he's taking it. He's absorbing it, and he's understanding. And if he is as egoless as Harden has been, that's going to make Joe Harris's game catapult and become that much more valuable for the Nets. Because when you look at the Nets right now as a team, the only thing that they're lacking... 
when they trade away Jared Allen, what do you sit there and say? They need a player like Jared Allen, but they have to trade Jared Allen to get Harden. So now what they need is depth, somebody to back up Andre Jordan. That's a legitimate rim runner, rebounder, shot blocker, defender. That's what you need, depth on that end. And when you look at other players, it's not like who they have is bums. They're solid. And when you got a big three, one of them is always going to be on the court to alleviate the pressure off of the other four players. I wouldn't be surprised, man. As long as this continues to play out the way it is, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brooklyn in the finals. Now let's move along where we have Super Bowl 55 going to be in Tampa where we have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to play, to be the host city of the Super Bowl and play the Super Bowl in your home stadium. And of course, it had to be Tom Brady. First ever Super Bowl that uh, went into overtime. Tom Brady and they won. I mean, Tom Brady has been, they said, I saw the percentage, 18%. They've been, what was it, 55 Super Bowls? There's only been 45 Super Bowls that Tom Brady hasn't participated in. The guy's been in 10, 10 Super Bowls. There are franchises that haven't been to 10. And as an individual, he's been to 10, my goodness. But, um, you know, as I'm looking at this game and I'm listening to all the, the, the watching all the shows, listening to all the experts, listening to all the athletes, and I'm getting all their, 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 their analytical perspective. I'm not going to sit here and try and give you a whole bunch of numbers and stats and give you the obvious. I know you coming to the man cave huddle because you want that good, good that I can't get this nowhere else, but here, when I look at the, uh, this game, okay. I always sit there and say, when there's a, a, a championship game, there's always one side of the ball. In football now, specifically is what I'm talking about. There's always one side of the ball that has to do their job because if they don't, the other side of the ball isn't going to be able to function properly. When you look at the Chiefs, it's all about the offense. They're explosive. They can score from any point on the floor, on the floor, on the field. 10-point, 15-point, 20-point lead. Nothing for these guys. Okay. When you look at the Buccaneers, they have a really good defense. Their offense throughout the season wasn't where it was now, and I guess they just needed to adjust to the way Tom Brady plays. And now that they fully adjusted to that, now the offense and defense are both complementing each other. But it's still a defensive team, but they need the offense to score points. Because when I look at the Buccaneers, for me, the key to them winning this Super Bowl is going to be a ball control style offense. Because you can't sit there and go toe-to-toe. It's almost like standing in the middle of the ring with Mike Tyson and just thinking you can sit there and go punch for punch, blow for blow. And the next thing you know, you're like, why do these lights look so funny? And then you fall on the floor and the ref's counting one, two, and you're like, oh, dip, I just got knocked out. You cannot go blow for blow with these guys. What you got to do is long drives. Those 8, 
10 play drives. I know those drives usually have a propensity to lead to turnovers, but that's going to be the only way that you win. You need to convert those third and fives, those third and threes, those third and sevens. You need to be able to run the ball because what you're doing is you're limiting the touches that Pat Mahomes is going to have. And that intrinsically puts more pressure on the Chiefs to score. Not that it's difficult, but they might press a little thinking, we got to score a touchdown because I don't know when I'm going to get the ball back again. These guys could put up in five minutes three touchdowns. But what if in this Super Bowl, they only get the ball twice in the first half? Okay, it's 14 points. But the Bucks, they need to have long drives, have long sustained drives. But most importantly, you cannot score field goals. You have to get touchdowns. You have to get touchdowns. Okay. It's like going to the bar and you forget your identification and you have a baby face. It's it's beyond irresponsible. It's what are you thinking? You have to score touchdowns. Fourth down might need to come and play a lot. And when you look at this offense, the offensive line was a problem early on. And now they seem to gel. And do it the way, you're going to hear me say this a lot, do it the way Tom Brady wants you to do it. Because if everybody does their job, he's bringing, you know, before they said it was the the Patriot way, now they're saying it's the Tom Brady way. But like Bill Belichick would say, if everybody just does, you do your job. We're going to win the game. Don't worry about what the man next to you is doing. Don't worry about what the other man is doing. Do your job. Do your assignment. If that offensive line could protect Brady, make sure he stays upright. They have a shot. And everybody's talking about Tom Brady and Mike Evans, the tight end, and Antonio Brown, the possibility, and Goodwin, and how now it's a passing league and how points are going to come plenty. You know what? I think if you're going to run a ball control style offense, and I'm not saying that you can't pass or you shouldn't pass. Points come through the pass game. These guys are going to have to run the ball. Because running the ball kills the will of the player, of the defense. And they're just little gut shots to the belly. Like, oh, oh. Those aren't knockout punches. But just little, oh, oh. And then comes second quarter, leaning on you. Third quarter, leaning on you. Fourth quarter, leaning on you. And there just comes a point where all that leaning... You just fall down and let go, and then next thing you know, it's a 50-yard touchdown run. I think that as a team, the Buccaneers are going to need to rush for 100 to 150 yards to have a shot at dethroning the Super Bowl champion, defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. I think there's going to have, I I think, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but passing yards via the running back meaning out of the backfield, is going to be at a premium. And I think Leonard Fournette, I mean, you know, playoff Lenny. If he comes to play, changes the perspective of this offense because he had a he had a eye-opening, like, wow, touchdown run against the Green Bay Packers. And he's good for making one dude miss and getting a first down. You have also Mr. Jones, too. They have a one-two punch. 
Those guys are going to have to play a big part in this game. But obviously, offense wins games. Defense wins championships. And I think the defense in this game, Shaq Barrett and JPP are going to have to be huge in this game. Because the defense is going to need to get turnovers, sacks, and or both. Okay? Because if Patrick Mahomes is allowed to just sit there, scan, not get touched, let Tyreek Hill, he's the fastest dude on the field, let him just blow by everybody. And with that cannon of an arm that Mahomes has, just flick at the wrist and throws it deep. You can't let allow that to happen. He needs to get back there and start dancing and feeling like, whoa, whoa. And then he's getting sacked, strip sacked, or maybe turnovers, or maybe a turnover for a touchdown. Things of that nature is what the defense is going to have to bring. But then on the other side of the ball, when we talk about the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs' key to get going back-to-back, and they would be the first team to do that since the New England Patriots, and who was their quarterback, Tom Brady, I'm just saying. But the, the Chiefs' key to winning, I think, is the offensive line, and can they protect Pat Mahomes long enough so that he could get the deep ball off? Because they lost Eric Fisher, their left tackle, with the torn Achilles in the AFC Championship game. So now they're moving their right tackle to left tackle. Meaning now, this dude has played, it's almost like saying, I'm a righty, and now in the Super Bowl, I'm forced to write with my left hand. That has to be a change, and I know you're a professional, but still, it's a different stance, it's a different everything. Is Shaq Barrett going to take advantage of the backup right tackle? Is JPP going to be able to challenge and, and, and take advantage of Mike Reimers? Devin White? Devontae David? There's a lot of... They got some ballers on this defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because what's going to happen is if they see early, all right, blocking these guys for right now is a problem. Then they're going to have to go to the quick pass game. Slants. Digs, hitches, quick outs, screen game, all that. And, and, and that falls right into the wheelbarrow of Travis Kelsey. Because the thing is, Tyreek Hill blows the top off of any defense, meaning that he outruns everybody. Like, even if you got him double covered, he just outruns everybody. And then you got Travis Kelsey where he's too fast for a linebacker, too big for a safety. How do you defend him? And then you got uh, Edwards Hilaire, the rookie running back. You got L. Bell, Le'Veon Bell. And they also got other receivers too. This is just going to be a game where the defense is just going to have to show up and blow up and make plays. And I will say this. The aforementioned L. Bell, Le'Veon Bell. Look. It's not like he forgot how to play. The reason why they acquired Le'Veon is for a game like this where, let's just say hypothetically, Pat Mahomes is unable to get the run, the, the pass game going. A couple years ago, Le'Veon Bell was considered by far the best running back in the league. Then he took a year off. He wanted to get paid. Then he went to the Jets. Didn't really work out. Now he's on Kansas City. And Le'Veon Bell is that running back where he gets stronger as you keep giving him the ball. 20 yard, twenty carries a game, 
and it all maybe for like two yards a pop, and next thing you know, he bumps out a 60-yard touchdown run. Le'Veon Bell alert. Don't be surprised because Clyde um, Edwards-Hilaire, he's a good running back, but is he going to get it up in them tackles and really pound it for two or three yards? I'm not saying he can't. All I'm saying is I don't see him used that way. And defensively, when it comes to the Chiefs, these guys like the blitz, all type of blitzes, zone blitzes, trap blitzes, man, zero coverage blitzes. So, I mean, when you play a team like that, there there is opportunity to be had. There is opportunity to be had, especially with the deep ball. Now, it goes back to my point. Can that offensive line protect Tom Brady? Because if they can, as you blitz, it doesn't get there or it doesn't get there in time. Now that secondary is exposed, Tom Brady looks at like, you want to come and eat? I'm going to go deep. You understand? So defensively, when and however they blitz, it they have to get there. And you have to make Brady, and when I say move, it's not like Brady's immobile. Like, he's not going to move at all. He'll step up in the pocket. He'll slide to the left, slide to the right, and then he'll sit there and pump fake the safety one way and flickety wrist, throw a 40-yard touchdown pass. What I'm saying is you need to literally get him outside of the tackle box and have him in a position where he needs to make a decision. Do I want to run for four yards or just throw it out of bounds? That's what I mean by you got it. And the pressure needs to come right up the middle. Because he's so good and seen, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Think about this. He's been over half an NFL season just in Super Bowls. He's seen every blitz. He knows what you're doing. He knows how it's going to go down. For the, the Buccaneers, it's all about execution. For that, For the Chiefs, it's all about, man, look, it's going to happen. Let's just not be too greedy. Because to me, the key to this game is the Buccaneer offense against the Tampa Bay defense. Because if the Tampa Bay defense, when they're out there, can at least slow the the Chiefs down like a speed bump, they have a shot. They have a shot. But if it's one of just, you know, you, you... you midway through the second quarter, it's like 24 to 3. Mm, I hope the commercials are good because that's the only reason why I'm gonna be watching the game. So, for me, one thing that I, I have seen that I found pretty cool and interesting was dark horse MVPs at the Super Bowl because usually in such a passing league, and the majority of the time, the MVP is always the quarterback. So let's just say the quarterbacks are not in the equation for the MVP of this Super Bowl. For me, um, I look at um, the Buccaneers, and it will be one of three players. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, because he probably had a great defensive game with a couple sacks or maybe some uh, turnovers. Same thing for Shaq Barrett and Leonard Fournette. Because let's say Leonard Fournette has, you know, 60 yards rushing, um, 60 yards receiving, and a couple touchdowns, something like that. When you look on the Chiefs and you look for a Dark Horse MVP, uh, I look at, you know, 
I, I, I look at um, Nicole Hardman. He's a receiver where everybody else gets so much attention, but he's so fast and so good that he might get that one-on-one coverage to where he just might be the one that's going to eat that day. And Le'Veon Bell, because let's say the pass game is held in check. L. Bell has no problem grinding the ball down the field, three, four yards a pop. That's who I feel are a couple guys that are your dark horse MVPs. Um, as my pick for the Super Bowl, you know, I know everybody's going with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, and I'll, tell, I'll explain why. I'm going with the Buccaneers because, A, how many times in big games have you ruled out Tom Brady and the Patriots for whatever reason? And they always figure out a way to wind up winning. Yeah, you could say Spygate, whatever gate, however they cheated. But the point is, is that even if you know what's happening, you still have to execute. And he's been able to do that consistently. Bruce Arians has humbled himself as a coach and said, we are going to change our offense and how we do things to capitalize on the strengths of Tom Brady and minimize his weaknesses. And that's what um, they've been able to do. I think Tom Brady, he shines in these moments. And I'm, I'm picking him to win. But I also wouldn't say that I'm shocked if Kansas City were to win 52 to 17. But if it's a tight game, I could, I, 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 Brady always, I'm not, he always wins those games. I mean, let's not forget last year in the Super Bowl with six, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The, it was, uh, um, the Kansas City Chiefs were down 10 points in the, in, in the fourth quarter last year. And that's another thing, man. If it's the fourth quarter, Tom Brady has the ball and he has a 10 point lead. Do you think he's going to lose that game? We all we we all talk about uh, uh, um, how Tom Brady's slipping due to father time. Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half of the NFC title game. Aaron Rodgers didn't take advantage of that. If it were the if they were if they were the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes throws three interceptions in the second half. Do you think Tom Brady loses that game? I'm just saying. Don't make a mistake because it's going to be dinner time. I do think it's going to be a tight one because when is there ever a blowout in any Super Bowl that Tom Brady's ever played in? All the Super Bowls that they play in, it's never big blowouts. It's always tight, fourth quarter, a nail-biting game. We're all talking about high scoring this, high scoring that. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this were a 17-14 win or this were a um, 24-20 win, something like that. You know what? I think I'll have the score be something along the lines of 27-21 Buccaneers. So I'm going with 27-21 Buccaneers. 
So as I do with all my episodes, I want to leave you guys with a positive quote. And my positive quote is, in each loss, there is a gain. As in every gain, there is a loss. And with each ending comes a new beginning. I'm going to run that back for you. In each loss, there is a gain. And in every gain, there is a loss. And with each ending comes a new beginning. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.